Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Excited today. I've taken a break for a while, um, but I get a, a press release from a person I know, and it says, you, you got to check this out. And I, I, I see that Avantis Education launches the Eduverse, a safe and secure metaverse for K-12 students. I'm like, okay, stop what I'm doing. Yes, let's listen to this. And so get all this information, and uh, I am now joined by Chris Klein, head of education there in North America at ISD right now. So Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Oh man. Like literally I was taking about a month off and this is one of the few things that I'm like, no, I need to do this. So uh, I'm excited that uh, you've taken a, a break there from ISTE. So um, I guess let's start at the 35,000 foot view and just tell me about what Avantis is and then we'll dive into the Edgeverse. Yeah, absolutely. So Avantis Education has been in the ed tech industry for about 20, 25 years, um, doing a whole host of different types of offerings and solutions, just trying to help make education and technology merge better and easier for the teachers. Uh, started off with CD-ROM uh, servers, basically, and it just kind of grew from there. And, and for a while, we had interactive flat panels and we had some tablets and all of that has kind of led us to where we are now, which was six years ago, we launched Class VR and we had the vision that virtual reality and augmented reality was going to be the next big thing in, edu in education, not only from a interest, not only from a wow that sounds really cool, but also in the way to reach students on a much more ephemeral level. Um, you're able to get into the feelings. You're able to get into a lot of the other aspects of the child that does not necessarily get met by the visual and auditory learning. What we found is that if you're able to engage a child in a situation that they're going to remember the experience, experiential learning, then it's much more likely they're going to remember the instructional content that goes along with that. And virtual and augmented reality are really that next big step. Um, having students being able to understand, yes, this is what we want to do, uh, is very helpful and beneficial for students to retain the content. And it's also really cool right now. Everybody loves everything having to do with the metaverse, everything having to do with virtual reality and Ready Player One. We're at a point that the technology has become achievable and affordable for schools. And now they want to see what the impact is going to be and how it can change learning. Yeah. So Ready Player One, the future, embracing all that. I'm sure on the student side, they're like chomping at the bit. Uh, have you heard some or met some resistance on the parents end? Not so much on the parents end. And I think one of the big reasons why is because everything we do, we kind of look at it through two different lenses. Uh, there's a lot of people doing virtual reality right now. Some of them are doing exceptional things. Some of them are doing expensive things. We tend to look at the through two different lenses. There's consumer offerings and there's education offerings. The whole idea of being purpose-built for education. So most companies out there right now, when they take a look at the VR and AR space, they start off with a really cool headset. This is a gaming system. This is something that is meant for Facebook. This is something that is meant for to surf the web, to play video games, to watch movies. Oh, now how can we make that educational? So then they have to go to third-party yeah. developers. They have to go to app companies and things like that to try to take a consumer product and make it into something educational. We actually flip that script. 
So what we did is we said, if we believe virtual and augmented reality are going to be impactful, we understand that the teacher is going to need tools to make that a reality. We don't want the teacher to have to relearn all of their content. We don't want them to have to for, forego their existing curriculum that they've been doing quite well with for the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years. So what can we do to help that teacher feel more comfortable, more engaged, more in control, and a participant in what's happening in this new environment of virtual or, or, or augmented reality? So we actually started with our management tools first. We built a software saying teachers need to be able to see what the students are seeing. So we built in a feature called ClassView that allows the teacher to look at thumbnail snapshots of all of the students' screens when the students have these headsets on their face. Some people may say that sounds like Big Brother. Other people would say, well, that's great because not everyone can do virtual or augmented reality, motion sickness, astigmatism, visual acuity problems. So this way I can actually take someone else's headset and display it full screen. So little things along the way that a lot of other people haven't necessarily thought about are what make the big difference. And if the teachers are buying into it, then the parents tend to agree with it as well. If the teachers don't agree with it, the students will never touch it. And that is the big thing. We have to get the teachers to understand we're here to support you. We want to work with you. We want our product to work for you. So let's figure out where you are, what you need to be able to get there and go from there. As far as hmm. the concern of, you know, let's say content that might not be uh, secure or anything like that, we actually don't even have a web browser on our headset. There's no surfing the web. All our headset does is it allows the teacher to bring VR and AR resources to enhance their instruction to the student. And it does that in a sandboxed way. So if I'm teaching about the pyramids, I may have a video, a 360 video. I may have a couple JPEGs, 360 images, or maybe even a 3D model of a sarcophagus. And I'm able to use those things to build a playlist that go alongside my teaching. So the students are able to enhance what I'm giving them as far as direct instruction by putting the headset on. It's not meant to be the delivery model. It's not meant to be the only medium. It's another way to, I, I like to jokingly say, become the next iteration of the overhead transparency projector. Yeah, so man, uh, you had me thinking there for a little bit on um, making things work for you as opposed to have a big learning curve. I, I have listened to, so, so I, you know, I, I run a nonprofit and we have um, a lot of teacher engagement uh, on, on the entrepreneurship side. And even when some of the teachers are like, hey, listen, I believe in this, just not, this isn't the year. I am stressed. I don't have enough, I don't have time for one more thing. Ha, I, this is a long way of saying, has COVID been your friend or your um, greatest uh, <laughs> obstacle to overcome or both? I, I, I think I think it's probably the, the latter of those. It, I, I think that it was both a blessing and a curse. Um, the reason why I say that is whenever you're dealing with an unknown uh, pandemic, like we just did with all the schools shutting down, all of the plexiglass screens being put up, and you're dealing with a product that ultimately ends up resting on a child's face, 
and potentially getting shared. There was a lot of concern about that. Um, however, looking at what that did to the educational environment when we had students in remote locations, what, we, what it did is it challenged us to come up with something else that we could do to help the teachers. And again, focusing on this virtual and augmented reality environment, we actually came up with a product not a whole lot of people knew about it, unfortunately, but they came, we came up with a product called VR Room or Vroom, we like to say. And with Vroom, all it was at the very core of it was a way for students and teachers to still be able to have social engagement with each other because a teacher was able to start a metaverse style space environment and invite the students into that. It allowed them to work from any device anywhere, whether it be at home or the hospital or grandma's house. Um, it could be on their phones, it could be on their laptops, it could be on their desktops, it could be on a VR headset. The idea was let's just give them the opportunity to bring them into this shared online space, which as you know, is basically the metaverse and allow them to talk to each other. So one of the things we found is that there are other companies that have attempted to do this and other companies that have really transformed education because of stepping up during the pandemic. And the problem with a lot of those is it always fell down to one individual component, the video camera. And students hate using those platforms that require them to have to have their camera turned on because they're at home and they don't want that coming into their bedroom. They don't want other students to see where they live, to see their family, et cetera. So there are certain products that teachers had to use because that was how they could make sure the students were engaged and not just sleeping all day with remote learning. But the students really didn't like it, so they would find every reason to not use it because they hated the camera aspect. With Vroom, we replaced the camera with avatars. So every student logging in has an avatar. Those avatars can be moved around in this virtual space and they're able to talk to each other. It supported voice over IP, it supported uh, positional audio. So if, I was, if my avatar was right next to you, my voice was very loud. If I was on the other side of the space, you could hear me, but it would be more of a murmur instead of actually loud and clear. So that was sort of where we began looking at this online space that students and teachers could then go and interact with each other. And that's where we really started to, to deep dive as we've been coming out of COVID saying, wow, now let's think about what this could be from an educational metaverse perspective, which is what has now brought us to the edgeverse building off of that backbone. That's cool. Um, yeah. I, I, when you're saying that, I, I was even thinking about the interactivity and and how, people behave differently when they have avatars and you know obviously that can behave differently because is good or bad um what have like what age group have you seen really embrace the avatars and let them get super creative well i think we've seen pretty what pretty much every grade level you know uh, k through 12 honestly and even adults that are comfortable with that type of environment um, there are some certain things with the avatars that we use as stock, and that is they don't have arms, they don't have limbs, they are kind of cartoonish in nature, but the, the ability for the teacher to still say, okay, 
here's a question. Now, everyone who believes us go to this side of the room and everyone who does, who believes against us go to the other side of the room. There isn't anything nefarious about these, what we call roomies. Um, they're, you know, I don't want to say amorphous blobs of different colors, but they kind of are. Um, it's cute. It's fun. That's great. Uh, they know they're in there. We can, they have eyes. You can see which direction they're looking, but they don't necessarily have mouths. Uh, you can rename them. And that we know is getting towards what if we were to, to bring in costume packs or something like that. You know, we're looking at the gamification of it. Uh, everybody wants to be able to buy a power-up pack for their for their roomie to give them a new hat or something. And we, we've seen this in lots of online games over the years. And the problem is we just want to make sure that we're very careful about not separating the haves and the have-nots and things like that, where why is right. this student not able to get that because they didn't do whatever, whether it be achievement-based or whether it be financially based. We don't wanna start reaching out to the family saying you have to buy this because your, your student did this. So right now we're kind of just focusing on what can we do with those environments and how can we continue to expand this? Whereas VR Room was very, very narrow and focused. The ability for us to have this type of a shared environment. And then we started to think about the layers of pedagogy that could be put on top of that. And with that, we started to say, okay, being on a beach, that's fun. Being on the surface of the moon, that's a little more interesting. Being on the surface of the moon with the lunar module and the audio of Neil Armstrong's uh, one, one Step for Man speech. And being able to walk up to the crest and look down and see what the earth looks like from the perspective of the moon. Now we're really getting into something that could be an educational environment, not just a fun way for students to go and engage. That took us into our next product, which was Avantis World. We started to build these 3D scenes, all with the same concept of I can give excuse me, the teacher can assign it to an individual student or she can bring the whole class in. You could have 30 avatars in there all together exploring these new environments. Well, let's give the teacher some teacher notes to go along with that. Let's give them a sample lesson that they can use with this. Let's build in an LMS and an online quiz. And the fact that the students can then go and, uh, you know, perform different tasks to show their level of understanding. And most importantly, let's make that available on every piece of hardware out there. All you need is a browser to be able to participate in that. And that became Avantis World, the world's first educational VR theme park. And it's broken up into four different lands. We have Trip Through Timeland. We have um, Super Science. We have Engaging Earth. And we have the newest one, Literacy Land. And there are 265 explorable scenes with sample lessons all available through Avantis World, regardless of the hardware that you're currently using. So that that came out, I guess, probably, uh, it's been out for about eight or nine months and it continues to grow. We add about five new scenes every two weeks. That's cool. So uh, the, the right now the, the term metaverse is, is being thrown around and uh, we're kind of defining what it is. We're kind of defining what it isn't. This has been an unusual last couple of months for the NFT crypto space 
And sometimes those things can all get lumped in together. Um, what do you fear is the biggest misconception about where the edgiverse is headed? And what is the um, I wish more people would ask question of what the edgiverse can be? Well, I think the edu- I think the edgiverse versus the metaverse goes back to what I talked about at the very beginning. You have a consumer product. The metaverse is a consumer product, and that's where you can go and buy virtual real estate and live down the street from virtual Snoop Dogg. And you can do uh, NFTs and you can get into crypto. And and we know that that is going to go the direction that it's going to go. And that's ultimately going to be driven by money and masses. Instead, let's focus on the concept of this online shared, uh, shared environment, shared experience that's really focused in on education. Let's put the safeguards up to keep it kind of focused. So by doing that, we believe we've created the eduverse. The Eduverse is actually powering everything that we are doing at Class VR and Avantis now. So the fact that you're using a web-based management system to be able to control the headsets, which is pushing content out to it in Class VR, that basically is one aspect of what the Eduverse could be. This idea of the uh, Eduverse being the place for Avantis world. Those are shared online spaces. It could be individual. It could be a group of people, but really they're all there. They're online together, using voice over IP, working together, collaborating, communicating. That is the eduverse, but we're not opening it up to outside entities to be able to come in and pull a ready player one to try to take over the eduverse. And then the other thing I'd like to say is we looked at some of the other aspects of what's going on out there. Um, one of the big things is about a year ago, uh, there was a company that (laughs) dropped a very major product support, um, in the VR space for education. And a lot of users had spent thousands and tens of thousands of dollars buying headsets to go and be able to use this app of theirs. And then they just stopped supporting that app. So, what we are, one of the things that we're announcing here, the two, well, there's two things that we're announcing at ISTE this year. Number one is the launch of the Eduverse. So anyone, anywhere, any of your listeners can just simply go to eduverse.com, E-D-U-V-E-R-S-E.com. And they can go there and they can register for free and they will have access to free content. They will have access to shared environments. They will have the ability to be able to push via QR code or link out to students, out to others, pull them into this the same type of online environment to communicate, to look at things from an education perspective, but it is still being driven by the teacher. The other aspect is something that we're calling expeditions powered by the eduverse. So we're now taking a look at some of our 360 pictures, which is what the previous company had really focused on. And we said, now, what if we were to expand this into all the media that we support, such as VR videos, such as 3D models. What could we do if we had all of the students looking at a statue, a 3D model of the statue of Andrew Jackson, and it's like you're actually at the museum where your avatars are walking around the perimeter of this, and I can see where your eyes are looking at this, and I can move my avatar over to that side of the statue and look at that. That really starts to become something powerful, and right now we also launch expeditions, and that is going to continue to be built out with more content being added with really a focus of full release coming uh, in time for school this year.
Well, uh, yeah, that's exciting. I, 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 I'm so happy to hear all that. And, and, you know, it, it's, I, I view it from what we're talking about the, at the top of the show, this, this time in education has been marked with um, obviously, you know, necessity is the mother of all inventions. So there's been a lot of invention out there. There's been a lot of innovation. There's been a lot like appetite for let's try new things, especially if we, things that are kind of tipping our toe, if we do have to, you know, want to go remote or, you know, better immersive learning experiences. And, and, and I'm, and I'm glad that, you know, that's kind of addressing it, but I'm also glad that we're starting to um, see the possibly the, the, the end of the fatigue. And I, and don't get me wrong. I know that it's tough out there. I know that right now it's, it's not an easy time to be a teacher, um, but in talking to some of my friends that are at ISTE and, and just hearing some of the buzz that there's this desire to kind of return back to the good old days, the good old days of, you know, trying new ed tech products and seeing what's out there. Um, because w- without a doubt, uh, you know, obviously it was hard to learn new materials. It was hard to learn new technology, but now I think that we're starting to open back up to that, which I, I, I hope that that's, that's the case. And I also really enjoyed, you know, the fact of you're addressing what the edgyverse is and what it isn't. You know, I, I've talked to a lot of parents that, you know, they do watch Ready Player One. Is, is my son just going to play video games all day? Uh, you know, is, is he just going to play VR, shoot him up, first person games? And the answer to that, of, of course, is no. So I, I enjoy hearing about some of these things that, that are starting to emerge. Um, give me a, a prediction, though, on when um you see vr being i'm talking like mass adoption like in 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 80 plus of the schools how long of a of a you know rollout do you think this is well i think that i was actually just speaking about this today with one of my colleagues um this is the first year that i have not been inundated with the first day of a show of people coming in saying, well, we're exploring this. Well, I just wrote a grant for this. And it was always, it seemed like it was wave after wave after wave of of the cutting edge and bleeding edge technical people. Um, That's not who I saw in our booth today. I saw people walking in, principals of schools saying, I have money. We know we want VR. We like what you're doing. How soon? When can we get it? What's the delivery timeline? I want, I'm opening a new building and we want to put this in every classroom. We're just waiting for the renovation so we can up, upgrade our Wi-Fi. So we're not at mass adoption yet, but we are seeing much bigger tenders. One, an interesting data point is when we first launched our product, we sold, we sold them in kits of eight, eight headsets. And we thought that that was a pretty ideal number because personally, as an educator myself, I find the concept of 30 students with 30 headsets on for 45 minutes or more in a classroom, I find that scandalous. I, I do not want to see that. I don't want to be part of that. In my personal opinion, that's not teaching, that's edutainment. And the teacher has given up their teaching rights to whatever it is that they're letting the students do on their headsets. Yes, you can guide it maybe once, but if that if this becomes a routine, it's just like when video got brought into the classroom and you said, well, instead of using this video clip, I'm going to play the entire movie because, hey, the kids are behaving. That, that to me, is not the right way to incorporate technology. And having people come to us and say, 
you know what, we've looked at this, we've talked about it. Yes, we've looked at different vendors out there. They've been, they become much more confident in the way that they're actually asking the question. And I'm thankful for it because they're asking the right questions now. It's not, ooh, that's cool. What's the, what's the spec? How much does it cost? What kind of display is it? They're now asking, what can I do with it? How is this going to change things for my students? If, if you have time for one quick aside, um, the creativity of educators that are passionate about something continually blows me away. And there was a school that, uh, that purchased our product in Northeast, Massachusetts, I believe. And this was a school that actually deals with students that have that are on the auto, on, on, are on the autism spectrum. And if you've ever taught with students that who are autistic, um, you know that all of them have different triggers depending on you know depending on what's going on. Some of them are sensory, some of them are visual, some of them uh, you know are touch. It, there's different things that can you know irritate them. And most of them have learned or are learning different self-soothing techniques to be able to get them out of their manic state, perhaps, and get them into a more focused state. I'm going a long way here, it seems like I apologize. But at the school, one of the self-soothing techniques that a student used was he liked going out on the swing set. And the motion of him swinging for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, was enough to calm him down where he was able to come back into the classroom and be productive. In January, in the Northeast, there really is not that great of an option to go outside because there's snow on the ground. So what they did is one of the teaching assistants actually took a 360 camera, went out and actually swung on the swung, swung, <laughs> went on the swings themselves and recorded a 30 second video of them swinging, brought it back in, uploaded it into our management portal and pushed it to the headset. So oh, now cool. every time that student gets triggered, all they have to do is put the headset on and he has a 30 second sensation of swinging and it's enough to get him back to being able mm. to focus on schoolwork. Nice. And those are the things that you don't see every day. We didn't design for that. Yeah. We didn't say this is going to solve this problem. But what we did is we said, we don't know your students as well as you do. You're the educator. So what we want to do is we want to give you as much of a guardrail, safety and security to know that you could push our system, but we're not going to limit the direction you're going to take it. And that's why things like that appear and are so amazing. I am glad you shared that story. I, I love hearing that. Um and how creative, uh, yeah, you, you didn't design it, but getting that feedback and then them getting creative and doing that, um, man, on another episode, we could talk about flow states and watching people doing high performance things like surfing and skiing and watching that. And anyway, uh, I geek out on that kind of stuff. Uh, big uh, Mihai Shiksen Mihai uh, fan on flow states. And so sometimes putting yourself into that VR situation, I think is going to make people's creativity explode anyway another time um well chris uh man uh I, I, number one thank you for uh, taking some time out of the isti schedule uh, i'm gonna have this uh ready for tomorrow so some of the people that can uh maybe swing past matter of fact just i, I know this is a short-lived you'll be at booth number so and so but if they catch this episode <laughs> in the next couple of days you're there on the isti floor you're booth number what one five five four there you go one five five four 
Um, no, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I, I, I appreciate the innovation of it. Really looking forward to, to seeing more. Um, but uh, yeah, if you guys are listening to this, check it out. Go to their website. You can check it all out in the show notes as well. Um, but uh, Chris, uh, again, thank you for, for being on the show. Best of luck to you. And yeah, keep listening to those feedbacks and getting those little tidbits of information and creating uh, better student pathways. Absolutely. If, if we didn't have teachers and students, we wouldn't have a need for our product. This is why we do what we do.